Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Today, I want to preach about the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. I was born in a Roman Catholic family. And as religious as we could be, my father was a Puritan Roman Catholic. I saw every artifact of religion at home. So I sometimes go back in retrospect and imagine just how much religion can hold us bound. Because it's possible to be in the church but without a relationship with God, you know? And um, we celebrated Christmas differently. What was Christmas? Christmas, number one, was shopping. You need to make sure that they shop for you the best clothes. And then towards Christmas season, your parents take you to town, and then you start picking that shirt that rhymes with the trouser. It says that on Christmas, you come out like this. And then you see what also your neighbors bought. You understand? And then you compare clothes and dresses, right? And then, for those of you who came even from more uh, advantaged homes, even Easter huh, in courts was a time of shopping and a time of going to church and then seeing those old lost relatives and your daddy's friends that see you once in a year. And then you get excited about it, you know. And it's a day of eating a lot of food and then you tank yourself with Fanta. It knocks you out in the afternoon and then you watch a movie. You understand? And then in the evening... Oh, you're so full from the lunch you ate that you, at supper the food is there, but you can't eat. Until the next day when you continue. <laughs> Do I have witnesses? But I'm thinking to myself and I'm like, now we understand these days better. <laughs> not that we're not going to have the sumptuous meals and the fattened calves, but the resurrection has meaning. Christmas has meaning now. You know, the world people spend millions and billions of dollars in the world to celebrate. Uh, one time I was going through Dubai at the end of the year, and they had decorated Dubai, that Arab nation, that decorated it with Christmas. And my head, I'm like, I wish they knew who they're decorating for. You know, people are doing Easter holidays and people have gotten leave and people are spending monies going up country or some are going on holidays celebrating Easter. But do they know what they're celebrating? To us, it's Resurrection Sunday. Paul tells the church in Ephesians, and he says, do not be like the Gentiles. Do not walk as the Gentiles. 
because they walk in the vanity of their minds, having a darkened understanding. And because of that, they are alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. When it tells you do not walk like the Gentiles, it means it's possible for a Christian to walk as a Gentile, to live the life of people who are alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, their minds are vain and their understanding is darkened. It is possible for you to be born again and not be able to enjoy the life of Christianity. Today, people have accepted everything that the world gives us. We accept sickness, we accept poverty, we accept failure, we accept uh, frustrations and confusions. And why? Because we say, oh, it's part of life, you know, and, you know, we settle to be like the world is because we don't know what God came to do through Jesus Christ. And so it's possible for you to hear that there is a life in God, but never leave the fulfillment of that. And so your life is full of flaws. It's full of sicknesses. It's full of poverty. It's full of lack. You're indebted to this and that. Sickness does not leave your body. You come out of one sickness into another. This one is sick in your family. That one is sick. You're coming out of one problem into another problem. You never seem to be happy because some of us, so many of us, have not actually understood why Jesus came. The Bible says that the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But God says, but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. For as long as I still have breath in this body, I will always teach about the abundance of life, the fullness to the overflow that we have through Christ. Because that is the truth that the world lacks. That is the problem of the church of Jesus Christ and the frustrations of our day that we have not fully embraced the fullness that God has given us. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, when we come to the power of his resurrection, we go back to the story of Jesus Christ at the cross and he's crucified for our sins. The Bible calls him the propitiation of our sins. And not only for us, but for the whole world. And then he says it is finished. And then he dies. I tell you, Satan knew that that was the end of Jesus' story. He knew it. One day I was speaking to a Christian and this Christian told me, you know, Satan is not intimidated. He said, by, you know, the words and the prayers we make because he knows God more than us all, he said, because he was with God in the beginning. Some of us have not gone to heaven to see God, but he saw God. And I said, no, that's not right. It's not true that Satan knows God more than us because he was an anointed cherub. Of course, the Bible speaks of his brilliance and the light that shines on him and the stones that were created in him and the abilities God gave this guy. He was a mighty musician. He, he was a, a cherub of light. Yes, Satan was uniquely created. But God has never lived in Satan. Isn't it? God lives in you and me. So you cannot tell me that Satan can know God the way I do because I 
feel him. He's in me and I am in him. Somebody shout hallelujah. He abides in me as I in him. So Satan has no revelation. That is why the Bible says that we speak the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of this world, which is brought to nothing. And this wisdom which we teach, the Bible says, that the princes of this world did not know. Satan did not know this wisdom. For the Bible says, had he known it, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If Satan had known the wisdom that we know, he would not have crucified Jesus Christ. You know why he crucifies Jesus? He thinks that at the crucifixion of Jesus, that's the end of the work of God on the earth. He thinks that at the crucifixion of Jesus, that's the end of the God story for humankind. He thinks that by killing one man's body, he has defeated God in some way. But he did not know. And this day in history reminds Satan that he did not know it all. This day in history reminds Satan that he does not have power. This day in history reminds Satan that there is a way with God that is far from any work he could ever chisel, from any work he could ever form. Somebody shout, hallelujah. hallelujah. The Bible tells us that there was a person in the Godhead responsible for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is the person of the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. That is a person of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you are a reader of the Bible, you realize that the essence of the God life is in the person of the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. Is in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that now we are under no condemnation because we are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the life-giving spirit in Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life. The Bible calls him the spirit of life. He's the spirit of life. He's not just the spirit, but he is the spirit of life. Do you understand what I'm saying? That means every time you talk about life, you talk about the spirit. When God created man in Genesis, the Bible says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. God the spirit breathes into man the breath, spirit of life and man becomes a living soul. You are alive because of the spirit. Are you hearing me? When you die, your spirit leaves your body. Are you following what I'm saying? In fact, if you study, even scientists will tell you, spirits leave bodies before they die. Spirits leave bodies before they die. One day I was watching a documentary of doctors who are not Christians, but they were studying the whole concept of near-death experiences. And people who are about to die, some of you who have hit comas, some of them would recount of experiences where they left their bodies and they could see their bodies even as they were out of the body. You see what I'm saying? Because the spirit must leave the body for the body to die. Are you following what I'm saying? And if the spirit has not left the body, 
it doesn't matter how dead the body looks or appears a man cannot die when the spirit is in that body why because he is called the spirit of life if you read that from the amplified version he calls it the law of the spirit of life the law of the spirit of life which is in christ jesus the law of the new being the spirit of life so wherever there is a spirit there is what there is life now if jesus was dead for his resurrection to take place, you still need the person of the Spirit. Without the ministry of the Spirit, you cannot have Christ raised from the dead again. That's why Hebrews says that he was raised to life by the operation of the eternal Spirit. The operation of the eternal Spirit. Hebrews 9.14, he says, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, you see, the eternal Spirit, he talks about the eternal Spirit. The working of the Holy Spirit is to make sure that wherever he is, is to give life. Now, the Bible takes us back to the prophecies of old. And specifically, I'll take you to the prophecy of Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, the 12th verse. Now, I need to explain this before I demystify it. When you look at the prophets of old, like Peter tells us, when God was talking about the salvation to come, the power to come, the spirit of Christ, the spirit of life to come, many of them prophesied things they did not understand, but they prophesied because God gave them utterance. And in Peter, he explains to us of that salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently because they prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. And they searched what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. What is this thing called Christ? What is the person of the Holy Spirit? What is the meaning of salvation? They were searching too. As they were receiving prophetic utterances, they were trying to interpret them, but they did not have the ability to interpret them. So they kept searching and searching and searching. And the Bible says the Spirit showed them that there was beforehand a suffering of Christ to come and the glory that should follow. But as they continued to search, the Bible says in verses 12, it was revealed to them that it was not unto them that they did prophesy or minister these things which are now reported by them which preach the gospel now. But they were unto us. They were prophesying, but they were not to understand. We were the ones to carry the understanding because they did not have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. The Holy Spirit just used to come upon them. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Daniel. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Ezekiel. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jeremiah. But it was not the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. It was not dwelling inside. So God shows us that they could not understand what they were prophesying. And he says, until the Holy Spirit is sent down from heaven, there was no interpretation of these realities. And the next line says, even angels are inquiring into this mystery because they don't understand it fully. It is deep. That means nobody without the Holy Spirit can understand what I'm saying. You cannot. Oh, your mind can. I can explain it and your mind understands it. But that does not presuppose that your spirit understands it. For your spirit to understand it, it's another experience. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
Now Ezekiel gives a prophecy of a day to come and I'm sure he doesn't even know what he is saying. But now I'm going to help us understand it. He says, therefore prophesy unto them and say, now God is telling him, tell people that saith the Lord. He says, all my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And he says, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you, comma, and you shall leave. So how do they leave? Because he puts his spirit in them. Without the person of the Holy Spirit, they cannot leave. Do you understand where I'm coming from? So he's prophesying of a time where his spirit will come upon or in them and they shall leave. He says, and I shall place you in your own word, in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. You think this man understood what he was teaching? Uh-uh. But he prophesied it because the Lord gave him utterance. And then a time comes... In Matthew 27, from about the 50th verse, they give us an account. Jesus is betrayed by Judas. They are beating him. They have stripped him naked. We esteem him stricken and afflicted of God. And then he goes to the cross and is up there. And as he's on the cross, the Bible tells us, when he had cried with a loud voice, the Bible says he yielded his spirit. In Luke, the Bible says he screamed with a loud voice and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The Bible says, having said that, the Bible says he breathed his lust. Do you see that without committing his spirit, he would not die? Who is understanding what I'm saying? He committed his spirit to the Father. And when he committed his spirit to the Father, the Bible says, having said this, the moment that his mouth said it, he breathed his last, and he died. Now, if Jesus had not said that word, he was not going to die. Prick him. Prick his heart, prick his kidneys, prick his lungs. He was not going to die. Because the spirit of life at work within him would give life to everything that would try destroy are you seeing the work of the Holy Spirit until now as I continue to study this thing I realize we don't yet understand fully who the Holy Spirit is God has given us an example very clear example and as I continue to teach this some of your eyes are going to open to the abundance of life the eternal life that you have in Christ why he calls it eternal life where the Spirit of God is, there cannot be death. He had to commit his spirit to the Lord. Now let's go back to Matthew 27. So we are at the point where he cries with a loud voice and yields up the ghost or the spirit. When he gives up the spirit, that spirit by the Father is committed to fulfill the work by going to hell. He didn't go to hell with his flesh. 
he went to hell with his spirit. And when he goes to hell to get the keys of death to defeat the enemy, all of the principalities, the powers, the dominions, the evil spirits, the gargoyles, every demonic force in hell was collected as an army. And then Satan gets all of his cohorts and says, let us attack this one person. Why? Because we thought we had killed him and his spirit is here. And there was a war between the day he is crucified and dead to the time of his resurrection. Those three days account of a war in hell. And as he went in hell, the Bible says he shook them or not. There's a version that says shook them or not. That means he shook them to nothing. The Bible says he disarmed the principalities, the hostile princes and rulers. Colossians 2.15, he shook them from himself and boldly displayed them as his conquest when the cross triumphed over them. That means when he goes to hell, he starts to destroy every demon. Oh! Does somebody see it? Do you see the movie? There was explosions in hell. Demons are screaming. Something was happening. It was like in the deep of world. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about Russia and Ukraine. That's nothing. What was in hell? Hell is shaking. And then he gets the keys of death and strips of the devil and he tells him from today you don't have power to kill oh he says you don't have power to kill and the moment he strips him he makes a public spectacle in us in hell everything has been aligned to the supremacy of the Christ. And now the scriptures tell us that same spirit has to come back and enter the body of a man who was in a tomb and give him life. But as he is coming back from hell through the earthly abyss, that spirit comes in contact with some dead bodies and the bible says in matthew 27 verses 51 when he cried out with a loud voice he yielded up his spirit and the next verse says the veil was rent in two the veil was torn from top bottom what does that mean if you remember the place of the tabernacle there was the outer court there was the inner court the holy place and the holy of holies and nobody had access to the holy of holies except the high priest it was the holiest presence of God on the earth. There was only one man who went in every year for the sins of the world. That day, the moment his spirit leaves his body, the first thing he does, the first thing he earned the church was access to the presence. And I always, in my head, I always thought about it a million times. How would it be if the church fully taught and came to the understanding of access for all men to the deepest place of the presence. Because you see, 
In this generation, we have what you call the special men of God who hear God. And we have dramatized it a bit. It's like drum rolls. Do, 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 do. Last week, I was on the mountain. <laughs> and then I saw angels. And then Jesus appeared to me. <sighs> and then you have these believers who say, Eh, I'm a sinner. They even swallow saliva. I'm a sinner. You understand? Because there's a special man of God who can access the presence and for us we can't. So if you are sick, you go to the special man of God who has the presence. Notwithstanding that we are all ranked differently and that we are functioning with different anointings, that's granted because of how much we yield to the presence. But that doesn't mean that we have access to the presence further than you do or easier than you do. No, the Bible says that through him, Ephesians 2, 18, we have access by one spirit and to the Father. That means all of us have access to the Father. You have access to the Father. She has access to the Father. Everyone has access to the Father. All of us have access. We only rank differently because some people have or yield more to that place of access than others. Some people give themselves more to the presence of God than others. Some of you, you pray once a week, Thursday, twice sometimes on Sunday. You don't pray at night. You don't have personal space with God. You know, you don't read your Bible. You don't have personal fellowship with the Father. And then you ask yourself why you need other people to always be praying for you. But I'm telling the church, 2022, that we are getting into a place where all not only will understand their access, but that they will use or take the opportunity to maximize the presence. And you know what that is going to look like? We are entering a day where men will function in anointings regardless of whether they are called men of God or not, whether they stand on these pulpits or not. I know the story of a lady who had a dying child. Then she goes to this church and as a child, she's holding her almost lifeless body of a child. The assistant of the pastor tells her, sorry, the man of God has just left for the airport. I wish you brought this kid early. And you know what? That kid died because the man of God had left the country. And we know many churches that have built a cult sort of interpretation that without the man of God, nothing moves. Without the prophet, God cannot open heaven. Without the apostle, without the man of God, without the host of heaven, some, some are called hosts of heaven. We can't hear God. Without the special pastor, you will not hear God. Without the consecrated man and woman of the hour who fasted for a hundred years, has been in the forest for 42 days, and they even walk on the pulpit like... Do you know you can die now? They intimidate. I'm not going to pray for you. Then she falls down. <laughs> no. This is the good news. That if Apostle Grace is not there, 
God has not left you. Where Apostle Grace can reach, you can reach too. Hey! The days are coming where crippled people will walk into service and as they are going up there, somebody tells her, but I can make you walk. Why should you waste Apostle's time? Let us heal you such that you sit to hear the word. Oh, wheelchair, get up in the name of Jesus and walk. And this lame man will walk. Oh, praise God. Who are you? Don't mind me. Don't mind me. Come and get you a seat. You understand? Oh, 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 Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Those days are not far. Where the usher will open a blind eye. Somebody will be tuning the instruments and they'll put a deaf boy passing and he says, first wait. He's deaf, yeah. Open. And the ears will open. And then you'll continue on your machines. You won't even post it on Facebook because Facebook will have so many testimonies. Through him we have access. That is what Jesus did. He rent the veil so that you would have access. Let's go back to Matthew. And the Bible says, and the earth did quake. There was an earthquake in the earth. And the rocks were rent. That means rocks started cracking and breaking from each other. Something was happening. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the Bible says, in that period, you remember the spirit that went in hell? As he's returning, the Bible says the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept, the Bible says, they what? They arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many. You remember what he said in Ezekiel? My people, I shall put my spirit in you and you shall live and you shall come to your place in your own land and people will see you coming into Jerusalem. People will see men which were dead living. Ezekiel is seeing something but he cannot explain what is seeing and it is happening in Matthew 27 dead men as the spirit of God that same spirit that destroyed hell as it was raising Christ from the dead coming back into his body as he was coming from hell through the abyss of the earth oh that spirit came in contact with dry bones And when it came in contact with dry bones, every dry bone that it touched started forming flesh and muscle and sinew, a bicep, a tricep, a scapula, a backbone, the heart grew, the kidneys grew, the liver grew, the pancreas grew, digestive system, blood came into this life and it started to pump and cells became living and men broke out and started walking. Why? Because the spirit came in contact that day God didn't say rise no then you go to the doctor and they tell you oh your heart is failing and you have the Holy Spirit Once that spirit touched those bodies, they became alive. Romans 8, 11 says, but if the spirit 
that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Somebody shout hallelujah! Oh! So, that thing you did when you say I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior that same spirit that could not leave Jesus in hell entered your body and it says that same spirit will quicken your mortal bodies and give you life Hey Shabara Legoza somebody's getting it somebody's connecting somebody's connecting that is why the next line says now we are not debtors to the flesh he says to live after the flesh let me translate it if you're not a debtor to the flesh that means you're a debtor to the spirit you owe the spirit the spirit has a debt it expects from you. Let me explain what this means. It means if you go to the doctor and they say that your lungs are collapsing, you're a debtor. Not to live after the flesh. To live after the flesh means to accept it. Are you hearing me? Like Jesus says, I commit my spirit and his spirit leaves him. You can accept or refuse it by your mouth. So when they say, oh, we found cancer in your body, God says you're a debtor. The Holy Spirit says you have the choice to allow that cancer to eat you up. Oh, hey, next line. He says, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But he says, but if you through the Spirit mortify or kill or deaden the deeds of the body he says you shall live what does that mean it does not matter whether the doctor said that you have a stage four cancer the holy spirit tells you you owe me fix your body it does not matter whether they say you have diabetes he says fix your body it does not matter whether they say you have a virus hiv you say the holy ghost tells you you owe me I'm in this body. What should HIV do to you? The Holy Spirit tells you you have a debt with me. Don't live according to the flesh. Live according to my way. Hey! If that spirit created kidneys, liver, heart, pumped, and men started to live, how can you tell me that your pancreas is failing? Fix it! How can you tell me that your kidneys are failing? Fix them! How can you tell me that your heart is failing? Fix it! You have high blood pressure. Put it normal. Oh, 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 oh. Am I preaching to somebody? I refuse to die early. I refuse to be sick. I refuse to be weak. Hey, somebody the goes. Oh, Rakoteleba. 
Sopale, you copalade. Oh, you talk to your hip and tell him, Makori that they go. Sandu, Sikala Parale, Mapre they go. You talk to your stomach and tell him, Makon they go. Zalaye, you catch your eyes that are stopping to see. You tell him, Fire. why we are going to live very long lives and healthy ones am i talking to somebody i said we are going to live healthy lives and long ones because when i think of cancer and i compare it to the power that was necessary to raise christ from the dead what does cancer become cells <laughs> diabetes type 1 CGU allergies COVID do you know how many people here defeated it you're joking you're joking somebody got it you remember that day when you couldn't breathe and you just say I have the life of God in me I refuse to die not now not now not now look at you you're still alive by the operation of the eternal spirit people died people died people died tell your neighbor we will not die young I will not die until it is my time hey, we don't die we just give up our spirit when we are ready but when we are not ready we will not the devil is a liar I said the devil is a liar and that is the same power you direct on your business and you tell it you shall leave and not die that is the same power you direct on your marriage and you say you shall leave and not die that is the same power you direct on your children you'll not take drugs you'll not die addicted you're not going to prostitution same spirit even the psalmist one time got to a point and he stopped breathing david he couldn't breathe and he found himself saying i shall live and not die to declare the works of the lord why do you think he refused why do you think he refused why do you think he refused because he believed yet for him the spirit used to come upon him what about you who fills him in your body he's in your soul He's in your spirit. He's in every fiber of your being. Even when you say rokota, you feel it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Some people call us crazy. And I'll tell you why. Because they have a debt to the flesh. Somebody shout hallelujah. We don't have a debt with the flesh. I don't live after. What I feel, I don't consider. Shekebara. 
Zorro Kotokoto Matagelege Zulo Korade Eyare I don't owe you anything I don't owe you a checkup I don't owe you I'm still here Somebody shout hallelujah Some of us if you saw our medical records 13 years ago you'd understand that we defied every odd of being alive we're no longer alive by science hey 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 you get into your body and fix it until you start feeling alive refuse to just accept things to die around you your business died, you did nothing. They chased you from the job, you did nothing. Your marriage is dying, you did nothing. Your kids are dying on drugs, you're doing nothing. You will die. God has said, that same spirit that raised him from the dead is inside you. Is inside you. Some of you don't know how big you are. You think you're an ordinary Ugandan woman. You think you're a normal businessman. No, 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 no. Don't be mistaken. Doesn't matter how old you are. You might be like this, but inside there. Oh. You're strong. Somebody shout hallelujah. That is what Resurrection Sunday reminds us of. <laughs> he could hold him death could not hold him captive but he could hold death captive the bible says he took captivity captive <laughs> somebody said hallelujah you cannot fail you cannot fail you cannot fail Let me tell you, when I understood this years ago, ho, 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 oh my goodness. Do you know what's happening in Fanero? Has never happened in Uganda. Ever since it became a nation. And I'm not saying God has not had moves before, but this is another thing. And you want to know why? Because somebody chose get this thing out of their spirit and said life 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 revival 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 Kampala revival Gulu Arua Marara Kitkum Alur Lamor Hoima Fort Porto Kamale Africa Europe Asia South America North America the islands Asia I see sometimes when I see this thing I want to just get the earth and make it small and after the earth is full we go to Mars and preach the gospel we go to Jupiter by the spirit the scientists can't understand me they tell you but it's not practical for a man to be alive outside the earth it's true in him I live, move and have my own being. I have another life that can take me to another planet without a space shuttle.
Your mother and a man. Tell your neighbor your mother and a man. Tell them your mother and a man. Your mother and a man. That's why when Jesus saw it, he said, Eh, you speak to this mountain. Look at the mountain mover. Look at the mountain mover. Look at the mountain mover. No, mountains are not flu. Uh -uh, they are not cough. Mountain, mountain. Some of you think your personal mountain is the mountain. Uh -uh. Your personal mountain might not be the mountain. You're just indifferent. You think that that headache is a mountain. That's not a mountain because it suppresses your intellect and confuses your interpretation of God. He's not talking about that. He's talking about what is impossible to man. Uganda become first world. That is what he's talking about in Jesus' name. We have created land where it wasn't. Oh, 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 we have created possibilities. We've put fellowships where they could not be put. We have broken status quo. We are breaking the odds. We are becoming unpredictable every day. Even those who watch us don't know what to call us anymore. And yet we have not yet begun. Because that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is resident inside us. And every time I open my mouth and I say, Roko Toko, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your neighbor, we have not yet started. I feel sorry that they get intimidated of Fanero now because they've not seen. They're losing sleep and appetite of this. They have not seen, believe me. Now to him which is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we dare to ask or think we are going to change this world whether the devil wants it or not i don't care which family you come from that you have witchcraft in your family i don't care whether you you're a new creature put your hand on your head and say i must shake the world You're going to cause us earthquakes in your villages. You're going to cause us earthquakes in your communities. Earthquakes in Uganda. Earthquakes in Africa. Earthquakes in your universities. Earthquakes in the tertiary institutions. Earthquakes in the business world. Earthquakes in the secular. Earthquakes in the elite world. Earthquakes in the corporate world. We are going to shake this world. It will hear. Earthquakes. Earthquakes. The disciples went and prayed and the Bible says and the place where they were shook we didn't come to just put good meetings in Uganda we came to make earthquakes we're literally going to shake this continent and men will be standing and they're feeling things shaking and they'll ask them what's that Apostle Grace oh put your name put your name put your name You're going to do things that scare people. People will see what you will do and they'll just faint. They'll be lost of breath. They'll fall dead because they can't believe it. Now I want you to raise your voice and command that resurrection power. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That very spirit. I want you to speak him out of you and start to create 
the home you want create the ministry you see create the children create the husband create the career create the success create the advancement that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead hey shalabu oh shalalalelebo so balalalelebo shalalalalelebo sikalalalalalalaba so balalalalalelebo come on pray
Jesus are healing. I feel led by God to release an anointing to walk in the miraculous like you've never seen before. Right now, the Spirit of God is moving. Now, He's touching. Power Spirit of God, touch that man, touch that woman, anoint them do the impossible the power to do the impossible is falling on a man right now it is falling on a woman right now you're about to feel something touch 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 Receive it. 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 I want you to give him a mighty hand of a praise. Come on. 
thank you Lord if you have never given your life to Christ these things that I'm speaking are not yours but you can make them yours now Jesus can come in your heart today and you can receive him through faith and when he comes that same spirit that raised him from the dead is going to enter your life today if you're that person you say these words simple words say Jesus I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory today I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest. Thank you.